good morning, everybody. Welcome once again on Sunday morning to the Digital Cathedral. Glad you're with me today and hope you have your Bible and hope you have an open mind, open heart, and you're ready to uh, see some truth this morning. I'd like to start over in the book of Romans today, Romans chapter 8, as a matter of fact, great chapter. And let's pick it up in verse 18, Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, and we'll read verse 18 and 19. All right, here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I, I find some encouragement in that right off the bat this morning. I know that, some, that a lot of you that are watching this morning on the Digital Cathedral, you have gone through some stuff <laughs> with your family, your friends, your church, you know, because of the freedom that you now have, because of the, of the walk of grace, your understanding of the finished work of the cross, you've gone through some stuff with your friends, and it's, um, it's not been an easy time. So Paul does, gives a little bit of encouragement in this 18th verse, and he says, you know what, everything that you've gone through, all of the mess, all of the junk that maybe has been thrown at you, it, it's not even to be compared with the glory, with the goodness with the end product that's going to be revealed in you. Now he gives us a little bit of hope in verse 19. Verse 19, he says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now let me read this again. I want you to make a special note of this. He says, For the earnest expectation of the creation. didn't say the church. He said the creation. Everything that God created. The earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I had a quick thought really strike me this week when I was kind of putting this, this teaching together for this morning. And the, the, uh, the thought that struck me, and boy, it really hit me like a ton of bricks, was that the church is not looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. The church is looking for more religion. The church is looking for more behavior modification. The church is looking for more uh, affirmation that what they're already doing is right. Who's looking for the manifestation of the sons of God is all of creation. All other people, all other forms of life. Everything that God created is on tippy-toe expectation, waiting for the sons of God to manifest. And Paul tells us in verse 18 that everything we've come through as this manifestation begins to take place, Paul says, you know what? It's going to be worth it. So right off the bat this morning, I want to say to you this. The very apex, the zenith, the priority of what the Father is doing in the earth today is to bring to the forefront you. To bring you to the forefront in, in full visibility, in high visibility, the full manifestation of you as a son and a daughter of God. Now, something interesting takes place as that happens, and, and we're seeing this go on all around us. As the sons of God are manifested, there's also uh, a parallel that runs, and it's a judging of both political and religious systems. And man, you can see this breakdown going on today. If you watch the news at all, if you uh, uh, stay up on what's going on, not only in the political scene, but in the religious scene, in the in the, in the in the realm of the church world, you are finding that <clears throat> there are big name uh, superstars, spiritual superstars that we put on pedestals and platforms. They're falling right and left. And what what 
life they have led, the, the, the beliefs they've had that it's controlled people and milked them for money is, is being uncovered. I'm not going to name any names, but if, uh, you know, if you just Google some of these things, you'll find it for yourself. And so as the, as the sons of God begin to come to the surface, as the sons of God manifest, it sets up a righteous judgment of not only uh, the, the, the religious world, but also the political world. And the Gospels give us some light on that. And I want to read just a couple of verses just, just, to, uh, just to affirm to you that what I'm saying. But really, it doesn't take a lot of affirmation because you can, you can look around and see it yourself going on. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 8 and verse 17. Jesus said, For nothing in secret, there is nothing that is done in secret that shall not be revealed, nor anything hidden that shall that shall not be known and come to light. So Jesus is, is telling us here in the 17th verse that all this stuff has been going on in secret, spiritually and politically. And those two worlds, they run a lot in parallel. I might do a teaching on that sometime, on the parallels between the political agenda and, and the religious agenda, because it's a, it, it's a lot the same. It just comes from a little bit different perspective. But Jesus makes us a promise, and he said, There is nothing that has been done secretly that is not going to be revealed, nor anything hidden that shall not come to the light. And then in Mark, the book just before this, he, he says much the same thing. In Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4 and verse 22, uh, Jesus affirms that. And he says, For there is nothing hidden which shall not be revealed. All of the hidden stuff that's going on uh, religiously and politically is going to come to the surface, and we're, we're seeing that. You know, the swamp is not only being drained politically, the swamp is being drained spiritually. It's, it's, it's coming to light. There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should be brought to the light. Now, Jesus also tells us in John chapter 1, and I'm just, I'm just putting a little foundation out here, because I, I want you to understand that what you've come through in your life may be difficult. The hits that you've taken, the emotional hits you've taken spiritually because of your stand for Christ, the freedom you found, you've shed religion. We've talked uh, two or three weeks, and I'm going to talk more about the shedding of soulish bonds that we carry. Uh, not necessarily sin, but just things that influence us to come back and to be connected to the world. And all those things stop our spiritual perception. So we're, we're cutting those, we're breaking those. And a lot of them have to do with things that we have picked up that have been transferred to us spiritually over our lifetime. Jesus, Jesus gives us his promise in John chapter 1, or actually John says this, John chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, And the light shines in darkness. That's what you're doing. As a manifested Son of God, you are the light that's shining in the darkness. And it goes on and says that the darkness did not comprehend it. That word comprehend is not actually a very good translation there. The, the word comprehend there is, is actually the, the word catalambano. And it means overtake, defeat, or extinguish. So let me just, let me just plug that in there instead of comprehend, because when we read the word comprehend, we think of it doesn't understand or it doesn't intellectually grasp it. That's not really what he's saying in verse 5. Let, let me plug the right definition in. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it, overtake it, or defeat it. So as you continually shine, as your light begins to shine, you are that light that is set on, 
on a, on a, on a hill. You are the light that, that the city is seeing right now. And as that light shines, there's nothing that, that is going to be able to, to overtake it. And so what's going on today, politically, religiously, uh, the manifestation of the sons of God, it's, it's all just setting the stage for the full-blown revealing of the kingdom and the family within that kingdom that is going to be taking dominion. We're becoming fully aware of who we are and what we are, and there, are, there is a people that is coming forth that is filled with a Christ consciousness. Talk more about that as we go along in the next couple of weeks, the difference between Jesus and, and the Christ and Christ consciousness. Um, I'm going to be speaking in a, at a conference in a couple of weeks here in Houston, and I want to talk about that Christ consciousness, but uh, we're living out before every realm of the world is what's going on now. As you manifest, as, you be, as, as the Father takes you and begins to put you in places of prominence and visibility, and, and it's not a place that you have to try to push your way into, it's a place that will automatically position you because of who you are, what you are, the, the, how you posture yourself, how you handle yourself, and just for the way that you live your life as a, as a life of light. So we're living out right now before every realm of the world, musically, uh, politically, um, uh, you know, uh, in, in literature. There are seven or eight main, uh, some of them called, some of them have, have called them cultural mountains, you know, that are, are spheres of influence. And through those spheres of influence, we are living out before them the, the nature of the Father and what the kingdom actually looks like. So the Father today is diligently working and changing us, and He's growing us from inside. And as He grows us from the inside, as we mature as sons from the inside, then automatically that light begins to pour forth from us. Again, it's not something you have to force to happen. You don't have to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shine today. I'm going to flip the switch today. No, you just, you just be who you be. And as, as He grows you, as, as internally you expand in your consciousness, uh, as, the, as the borders continue to move out, He's, he's tur turning you and tuning you into being a manifested son and daughter uh, that is beginning to take, and I want to I lay this down, <clears throat> he's beginning to let you take the place that he always took sovereignly. Let, let me say that a different way. The father is turning over to the sons and the daughters the things in the earth that previously he had to do sovereignly because there were not mature sons and daughters that were able and equipped to handle it and take his place in the earth. I think it's Galatians chapter 4 and verse 2 that says we were under governors and tutors until the appointed time of the Father. And that's how we lived. We lived under governors and tutors. A governor is one that holds you in restraint at a certain speed, and a tutor is one that instructs you. And that basically is what the Holy Spirit has done. The Holy Spirit has kind of held us we haven't seen everything. There's, there's still been mysteries, and there still are mysteries. There have been things that we don't understand. We were under a, a tutor, right? We were under a governor that held us, and we didn't learn everything that we should learn. But the verse says that we are under those governors and tutors until the appointed time of the Father, right? So the appointed time of the Father is now. 
This is the appointed time of the Father. I'm telling you this morning that we're not looking at this futuristically like we did always in church, like, you know, God's getting ready to, or God's fixing to do this, or one of these days this will be the way it is. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you now is the time. Now is the time. There is a shift that is going on in the earth today. There's a shift. The Sovereign Father is turning over to sons and daughters the kingdom and the work of the kingdom. And the work that is going to be done on the earth no longer is going to be done through the work of a Sovereign Father. It's going to be done from a Sovereign Father through the manifested sons and daughters of God. The kingdom is increasing. The kingdom is expanding. And my question to you this morning is, are you ready for it? Because the appointed time is here. The change is here. Now, here's the principle. Here's the principle of of this expanding kingdom, this kingdom that is more visible. Here's the principle of the manifestation of the sons of God. Are you ready? Listen to me very closely. Listen, Listen closely. The principle is this. To see is to change. And the more you see, I'm talking about spiritually now, the more you see by spirit, the more you see in spirit, then the more you change. You can go as far as you can see. And that applies not only to us, but it applies also to the cloud of witnesses as well as us. Hebrews says that without us, that cloud of witnesses have not yet completed their mission. There is a time together of those that have gone before us, those saints that make up that cloud of witnesses are with us, are tied to us in this final push. There is a growing awareness, at least there is within me, and I, I, I talk to people and there is, a, there is a large growing awareness, and if you're not aware of it, you're going to become very aware of it, that you and I are not in this thing alone. That we have generations and generations and generations that are, are in this with us. The cloud of witnesses that blazed a trail before us. The angelic host that announced the coming of Jesus. The angels that ministered to Jesus after he had fasted for 40 days and, and, and proved his identity. And that's when the Christ consciousness began to arise and manifest within Jesus. The angels that broke the chains off of Paul when he was in prison, they are all pulling with us. Can you see that? Can you, can you sense this thing? Are, we, are you beginning to, to, to feel this confidence, this exuberance, that doggone it, I don't have to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this wagon by myself. Not only are we pulling it together, you and I, that have gotten a revelation of, of grace and the finished work and unconditional love and mercy that endures forever and a great big Father that loves us all and includes us all. Not only have we gotten a revelation of that, but those that have gone on before us have seen it firsthand. And now this cloud has, is, is, is around about us, Hebrew says, and they're cheering us out there. Listen, the cloud of witnesses have, have gone through every bump and tough spot that you ever could encounter. They're the ones that are going to help you to get around the landmines and the traps and help you to see exactly where where you need to step and how you need to step. 
With sight comes the leverage to drop every tie to Babylon that we, that we have, that has held us back. And the cloud of witnesses, the angelic forces. Listen, I want to talk to you next week about moving from, an unseen, about moving from a seen realm to an unseen realm. Just because maybe you haven't seen them, haven't experienced them, does not mean they're not there. That they're not pulling for you. But I'll tell you this, they're going to become more and more visible to you. You're going to begin to sense much stronger things happening in your life that, that we would have called supernatural. The supernatural is going to become the natural. It's a, it's a matter of the sons and daughters beginning to walk as Jesus walked. Jesus didn't think it was strange when the angels showed up to minister to him. Jesus didn't think it strange when provision was, was provided, when the Father manifested many different ways for Jesus. We shouldn't think it either. Right now we still say that's the realm of the supernatural. Now, you know, some of, some of the terms have been changed a little bit to where it's, it's mysticism or, you know, there's some other terms that we're applying to it. But, but basically this whole realm of life and living is going to become very natural to us, right? And as we see more, then it's going to be much easier to cut all of these last little hindrances that have held us back from seeing and walking in spirit. And it's, it's those soulish bonds. And again, they're not, I'm not saying it's sin. I'm not trying to get you to go through deliverance. I'm just saying that there are, are influences, family, business, friends, church associates. I mean, we, the list could go on and on of things that have been developed by soulish relationships that have tried to keep in check. And the Father through the Son and the Spirit is breaking those off of us. And the more they're broken off, the more we see. You know, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You cannot seek first the kingdom of righteousness if you have things pulling on you. You can't seek it first. You, you intellectually can, but spiritually you cannot focus in on that if there are things that are pulling on you in your life. And it goes on to say that when you seek first the kingdom of God, and as these things break off of us, as we release them, let them go, as we're no longer influenced and hindered by them, we seek, we're seeking first and his, his right standing. It's, then the promise comes, all these things will be added to you. It frees us up. We're getting more free than we've ever been. And you know why we're getting more free? Because we're seeing more. The more you see, the freer you become. The freer you become, the more you see what needs to be let go of. Right? Paul, Paul, Paul said this. I want to read this for you in Philippians chapter 3. Paul addressed that. Philippians chapter 3. And let's look at verse 12. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. Paul says this. He says, not that I have attained already. I'm not there yet. He said, I'm not perfected. But he said, I press on that I may lay hold of that, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. <clears throat> so that's, that's a seeking first the kingdom. Paul said, I'm not there yet. I'm not perfected. I don't think sometimes we understand that Paul grew. When you read the writings of Paul, you can see how Paul developed from the time in Acts to where he gets over to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Paul, Paul grew a lot in the Lord. His understanding shifted. And Paul says, I, I'm not there already. I'm not perfect. 
But he said, the thing that God has laid hold of my life for, he said, that's the thing I want to lay hold of. And he goes on to verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but he said, one thing I do, watch. Here's him, here's him breaking the influences off of his life. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. That's where all of these ties came to us from things that in our, in our walk in previous years. <clears throat> and, and many of them came from churches that we attended, right? And we, we still are influenced by a little bit. I, have, I had someone um, message me this week and they said, you know, there's 95% of the time that I'm really sure about what I'm doing in grace. And I'll be sitting there. Every once in a while something pops up that tries to pull me back. And that's what you experience, but those are the things you recognize now that you have to release. And Paul said, I let those things behind go. And he said, the only way that I can, I can reach toward what is ahead, that I can see what is in front of me, is to let what is behind go. You can't hang on in what's back here and reach for what's out here. You can't stretch that far. So Paul says, the only way that I can, I can hit where I'm going, reach the destiny, is to let these things go. So the Holy Spirit is faithful to show you what you need to let go of. And the more you let go of, here's the, here's the beautiful part of this. The more that you let go of, the more you see that you, you are to let go of, and the easier it becomes to let go of it. Let me, let me read out verse 14. He said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Then he says in verse 15, Therefore, as many as are mature, let us have the same mind. As many of us are mature, let's come to a place where we're willing to let all of the past junk go, let the influences, the ties, the cords, the bonds, so you sever it. And knowing that as you sever it, you're able to reach toward the thing that is in front of you. And as you reach for the thing that is in front of you, you're laying hold of the thing for which God has laid hold of you for. All right, here's, here's, here's my point. In Matthew 6.33, and what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter uh, 3, verses 12 to 15. <clears throat> you can't do those things if you are being sucked dry of spiritual energy. And these, these bonds, these cords, <clears throat> these influences are what suck us dry of our spiritual energy. So we've, we have to release those things. Change happens because you see and as you see, the veil drops. The blinders fall off, right? The more you see, the more that stuff that you let go. I, I was reading Psalms 1 this week, and it was very evident that this is exactly what David is talking about. Come over with me to Psalm chapter 1. Uh, can you relate to this? Do, do you see you as Psalms 1, the tree in Psalms 1? Now watch what he says. Psalms 1, I'm just going to read five verses. He said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. All right. He's saying, Blessed is the man that isn't tied to those things, <clears throat> that has released those things. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. <clears throat> you know what the counsel of the ungodly is? It's religious counsel. It's, tell, it's counseling you what appears to be right or wrong, good or evil, left, right, up, down. That's counsel of ungodly. That's not tree of life counseling. And so, 
you know, probably people have come to you. People have come to me, they still come to me and say, you know what, you, you really need to change what you're teaching, you're getting people off track, you're leading them down a wrong road. That's ungodly counsel. Now there was a time when I first started teaching this back in 2003 when people told me that, that man, it really bothered me. I step, would step back and examine myself because I, I, then I would question, am I, really, am I really doing the right thing here? And so that influences you. When that influences you, then you can't see anymore. So David is saying in his psalm that you need to cut out of those things. And when you do, then the promise comes. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now the law, the law is the word of God. This is, his delight is in the word that God speaks to you. And in his word, in this word that he speaks to you, you meditate day and night. Right? That's what you ponder on. That's, you don't ponder on the counsel of the ungodly. You don't ponder on the influences that are trying to distract you. The promise, the hope, the vision, the future that he has planted within you, the thing that has laid hold of you, the thing that God has laid hold of you with, that's what you must lay hold of, Paul said. And the way you do that is you take what he has told you and you think about it, you meditate about it, you roll it over and over and over. And here's, here's what it will develop in you. Here's the manifested son of God right here. He is like a tree or the manifested daughter. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's a, where else, the best place for a tree to be planted is by a river of water. There's never a drought. There's never, there's never a dry time. When you're by the river of water, you are, you are nourished continually by those fresh waters. He is, he is like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, right? And it brings forth fruit in its season. You're always productive. You're always, you're always putting out. You're always being able to give more. His leaf does not wither. There's no sign of there's not disease within you any longer, all right? And whatever he shall do shall prosper. Why? Because he now sees he's not walking tied up to the counsel of the ungodly or the seed of the scornful. He has attached himself down by the river where there's a continual flow and his, his fruit grows perpetually. The harvest gets bigger. There's no withering of his leaves. There's no signs of death or or, or, or malignancy within him. There's nothing going on that is contrary to, to production in life. Do you see yourself there? See, to get there, you have to see that the counsel of the ungodly, uh, the seed of the scornful, the path of the sinner, the sin, a sinner, you know, doesn't mean he's a drunk or a drug addict or all that stuff. This means the one that always, always missing the target. The target is right identity, that the, the, the target is the image and likeness of God. Sinning is when we miss the target. It's harmatia. It comes from missing, it's an archery term, missing the bullseye. People that are missing the bullseye, you don't need to, you don't need to let them influence you. You are connected to the Word of God that comes to you, and in that Word you meditate day and night. So, when truth in the Spirit you're changing from the inside out, like the tree, where the, where the life of the tree flows. This is contrary to our lifestyle. The, the counsel of the ungodly, the way of the sinner, is always trying to get us to change from the outside in. Trying to change our behavior, the way we look, the way we act, uh, uh, what we do, what we don't do. The problem with that is never permanent. It, you can change for a time when you get on an emotional high. 
When you get on an emotional high, you can be in a service and everybody gets all amped up, ramped up, psyched up, and, and, and everybody, uh, you know, throws all their cigarettes on the altar, never going to smoke again, or burns all their, their records or books or whatever. But you know what? That kind of change does not last. And in the end, it creates guilt and condemnation and fear. It's inevitable because you have set yourself up for a gigantic failure, and it comes through that channel of what we just read in Psalms 1, what creates that is the counsel of the ungodly, those that don't know what God is saying or what God is doing. But when this inner man sees truth, man, the light comes on. When this inner man sees truth, the veil begins to drop, and you see the Christ. And when you see the Christ, the promise is this, that what you're seeing, when you see him, when, when, when you meditate day and night on what he has dropped into your life and into your spirit, the promise is you see him, and as you see him, you become like him. Let me, let me give you a verse. If you haven't underlined this in your Bible, you really need to. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I'm telling you, this is good stuff this morning. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Watch this. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now are we the children of God. All right, a settled deal. No if, ands, or buts. Now we're the children of God. Don't question it. And it has not been revealed yet what we shall be. Our, the revelation is progressive. It's ongoing. We're seeing it more clearly, but we haven't seen the full picture. But watch. But when we know, but we know that when he is revealed, when he's revealed, he's not talking about Jesus coming back again. He's talking about when, when we see him, when he is revealed, we shall be like him Listen to the rest of this verse. Because we will see him as he really, truly is. Is it just possible that we've had trouble over our religious past becoming like Jesus because we never really saw him like he was? We saw, we saw a distorted image. What was presented to us in the charismatic church, the Baptist church, uh, the Foursquare church, the United Pentecostal church, wherever, wherever you put roots up, was, we're not showing you the accurate picture of Jesus, and so you couldn't grow into becoming like him because you were not seeing him. When he is revealed, it's not, it's not will you become like him. When he is revealed, you will become like him because you will see him as he is. That comes line upon line. It comes from glory to glory. And those encounters that you have with him, those revelations, those uh, understandings that continue to grow deeper. They expand and they continue to unfold. And they become the irreversible building blocks upon which the manifested sons of God build their life and, and how they reveal themselves. It's progressive. It's progressive levels of deliverance out of this world, out of this kingdom into this kingdom, right? Deeper levels of revelation. How, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? You deal with it like Paul said, deal with it. You let go of the past. You break every relationship that has bound you. Now let me, let me just bother you for a minute because this is going to sound harsh. And some of you are going to have a real problem with this. But let me, let me just help you a little bit here. All right? How, how, do, how do we walk into this? You, you have to break every hole that has held you, every influence that has checked you, every soulish connection, 
that has misguided you, even if they had good intentions? Let me say this to you. Now, you maybe have to think about this this week. The friends and the associates, the church connections that got you to where you are today may not be the same people that will get you to where you need to go. That kind of hurts, doesn't it? Do you know why? Because most, most church ties are based on like beliefs. So when, you're, when you expand, when, you, when your beliefs are tweaked, when you, when you begin to, to see things, know things, believe things, things are revealed to you, and you grow, and your friends don't grow, your friends are content to sit in the same chair, in the same row, in the same church that they have for the last 25 years, the same message, the same reaffirmation, that they're fine, they're perfect, they're going to heaven. Right? Don't be shocked. And don't feel rejected when you lose those friends. <laughs> the people that got you to where you're at may not be the people that need you need to be in contact with to get you to where you're going. Soulish-based relationships are this huge conduit of transference into your life of restriction that will hold you back from seeing. Remember, change comes by seeing. So anything that has, that has hindered your seeing, he's pulling off. And that's going to include a lot of relationships with people. Those, re- those soulish ties that you had with people, you sat with them, same row, same church, you know, for year after year, that, that created transference in you to please those people, to go with the accepted norm, to, to hold on to, well, this is, this is what we all believe. And this is, I, I don't hear it as much as I used to hear it, but I used to hear people say, well, my church believes. They, they had no idea what they believed because they hadn't seen anything. And so they hadn't gone anywhere because they hadn't seen anything. All they knew is what their church believed. That's a transference from the church to you. And that's a negative transference. Right? That's what needs to be cut. That, if, if you're going to see, you cannot see more held in the pit of, what, of, of visibility of only having the present or what you currently know. Transference is simply taking what is in one and placing it on another. Now, it can be positive or it can be negative. It doesn't mean that it's always negative. Positive spirit transference to you enables you to understand everything that you have and who you've always been. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 is a, is a positive transference. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we who knew no righteousness might be made the righteousness of him in Christ. So there's a transference. He took your sin and transferred to you his righteousness. So for him, it was a negative pickup. He picked up your sin. It was a positive transference for you. He deposited into you his righteousness. So that's, that's a good one. Fear, doubt, unbelief, negativity, they are all transferences that you have experienced that have come from the lives of other people. All right? 
1 John chapter 2 and verse 2 is, is a transference. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. So all of your guilt, all of your shame, all of your condemnation, sense of separation that you had was transferred to him. He picked it up. He, he pulled it out of you and took it. See, but that on the negative side, you can't afford that transference from people or religion or a church service. See, darkness thrives on fear. So a lot of the transference that we've had has, has come through fear. And the fear is always, there's no light in fear. Perfect love, perfect light casts out the darkness. If you, don't, if you don't believe that darkness thrives on fear, just watch the news. Listen to the stock report over any length of time. You have been delivered from that, so you don't have to feed on that. You've been translated into another dimension. You've been translated into the kingdom of God's Son. That's the kingdom you feed on. That's the transference you want. You want the transference of the kingdom of God and know that the negative transference from the power of darkness has been severed in your life. Look, there's so, there's so much at stake in this. It's, it's, it's just too much going on to, to be able to please people or to live in fear, right? I mean, we've just come too far to go back to that stuff. So, here's the thing. You need to put on your big boy britches. And know that God has called you to lead. You're on the front line. If you hear the call to sonship, to daughterhood, then you know how hard religion and culture tries to transfer ideas and fears to your life to hinder that and to stop you from growing. Now, your, your, your friends be like this. You better be careful that stuff you're learning. You better be careful that stuff you're teaching. You know, it, it's that, boy, what you're into, that's the end time falling away. If I had time, I would read Acts chapter 15, the first six verses. And this is exactly what Paul, Paul ran into when he, when he said there's people that came down to try, to try to stop our freedom. And they came into the church and they said, you know what? Unless you keep the law of Moses and are circumcised, you can't be saved. So I can read between the lines in there. And I, I'm sure when those, when those Judaizers came into the church, they told people, said, you better watch Paul's message. That guy's pe preaching this kind of grace that, 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 that's just too good. And you, 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 you know you are going to fall under the wrath of God if you don't keep the law. You better keep the law. God, God's not going to be happy. God's not going to be pleased with you, right? So that, that, that's, a, that's a very negative transference. But for you, it's probably too late. When you hear something like that, it's probably too late because you've already started breathing that fresh air. You've already started laying down, resting in green grass of effortless change. You, you've been messed with. You've already been fiddled with. You've discovered those bonds that used to connect you and control you and manipulate you. And for the most part, the big ones have probably been severed. They burn off in the fire of the Lord's presence. When you come into God's presence, those things fall off. And it feels good, doesn't it? Doesn't it really feel good to be out of all that mess? When you live in Him, move in Him, have your being in Him, when you see light, the veil is lifted, your eyes are open, the cords, the bonds, the restrictions are removed, it feels good. 
You know, on some level, we, we, we have been institutionalized like a man that's been in prison for years and years and years. He becomes institutionalized. Do you go into prison when you, you go into prison when you're 18 years old and you spend 30, 30 years and you're now like 50 years old? All you've ever lived is a life by buzzers and times that were set and people that dictated to you. When the buzzer sounds, the cell door opens, you go to breakfast. When the buzzer sounds, you go to the rec yard. When the buzzer sounds, you come in out of the rec yard. When the buzzer sounds, you go eat dinner. When the buzzer sounds, you turn the lights out. When they tell you to take a shower, you take a shower. You do that for 30 years. Somebody's controlled and manipulated you. You can't think for yourself anymore. You know what? There are a lot of men that come out of prison after 30 years that are afraid of freedom. They are afraid to be free. Because they're institutionalized. And a lot of people coming out of church are the same way. They've institutionalized because they've been in there their whole life. So once in a while you just need to step back. Take a deep breath. Get real honest with yourself. And let the Spirit search out any place that you're still feeding on things, on connections, bonds, relationships, entanglements that are restricting your sight because you don't change, you don't move forward until you see. And whatever level that is still remains, the Spirit will reveal it to you. To the level they remain, to that level your ability to see is compromised. So you're either feeding off the Spirit, you're either that tree that's by the rivers of water, your, your, your leaves are growing strong, you're bearing fruit in season. That's what you're feeding off of. Or you're feeding off the food of religion that knows nothing about the food that you're eating of. Either you feed off of what the Spirit delivers to you, or you feed off platform superstars and what they feed to you. And you, you know, and they've transferred a lot of stuff to you, and we've overlooked a lot of stuff that's coming to light, and the result is we never get to where our destiny was. Always trying and always striving. It's one more formula. If you haven't cut that bond, then cut it. Do it. Relationships in the spirit, when a real relationship is a spirit connection, it brings light, it brings growth, it brings maturity, it brings release. You become your own person. You're not a clone of somebody else. You know why, you know why they continue with you that way? They continue because your soul, your flesh, appetite feeds on them. And in many cases, they have become like your covering. And we are, we are uncovering right now <laughs> what the carnal mind has worked to keep us under oppression. Stunted our growth. Oh, they kept you covered okay. They kept you covered from any kind of growth and maturity and release into sonship. They kept you covered because of what they could pull out of you. The spirit of truth, if you ask her, will bring you clarity on this. The spirit of truth, if you ask her, will turn the light on. It gets very personal. And you're going to get broken free of so much stuff. But I'll put one last caveat in here. At the, at the point of greatest breakthrough, at the point of greatest breakthrough, when you're starting to see more than you've ever seen before, all of a sudden something will come up out of the past, raise up with renewed vigor to try to pull you backward and suck you backward into what you came out of. And that's the Ishmael. The Ishmael. We let Ishmael go 
as we come higher in the presence of God, as we feed off God's goodness, we let him flood our lives with love. We've, we've come too far. We've paid too big a price to settle for something less than the exact design of best of God. We, we ain't going back to nothing on that stuff. There's nothing for us to go back to. It's true, the battle's ramping up. The sons of God are manifesting. The Father's turning over the rule of the earth to the sons and the daughters that have grown and are seeing what this is all about. It's ramping up, but it's on the plane of the Spirit. And if you don't have eyes to see it, you'll never catch it. Today, the Spirit of God is opening your eyes to see every trap, every pit, every problem, every disturbance with the third eye, that eye of the Spirit. It's time for absolute Total freedom. It's time every light to shine back in the most remote, hidden places of darkness. Because you're coming forth and you're manifesting as a son and you're manifesting as a daughter of God. And as you do, you're enacting judgment on the world systems and upon religion. Spiritually, on all the religion that is antichrist, that denies the total finished work of the Savior of the world, as John called him. And we can only do this, guys. We can only handle this if we're free from every tentacle of the soul. This is your hour. This is your time. I'm not giving you a prophetic look forward. I'm saying this is the day that the Father is turning it over to the sons and to the daughters. Are you ready for it? It's time to step up. He's prepared you. Don't underestimate your abilities in the Spirit. Don't underestimate your sight in the Spirit. You have the goods. He has well equipped you. Let's carry it forth in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. I think that's good for this week. God bless you. Listen to this again. Let it sink deep. And we'll see you again next week on the Digital Cathedral. Thank you for having long prayers and support. God bless. We thank you for being with us today on the Digital Cathedral. We trust that today's teaching helped you in your journey to the abundant life Jesus has freely given to all. If you would like to help support us in spreading the gospel of grace, you can do so by going to donkeithley.com to make your donation. We thank you for your prayers and continued monthly support and look forward to seeing you again next week at the Digital Cathedral.